A quick note before we get started. Did you know we have an email list? Go to hpleadershippodcast.com and enter your email into the form at the bottom left to sign up. Get our PDF on common obstacles and teamwork sent right to your inbox. Subscribers get first listens on new shows and exclusive content. Sign up today, hpleadershippodcast.com. On episode 47 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Fighting Fires with Bob Shannon. Some folks just roll right up and they run in and they don't do that assessment of what's going on. And they do find themselves in trouble like that. I've done it. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Lane. On today's show, we're talking to Bob Shannon. Bob is founder and CEO of Assured Performance 360, a consulting firm based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Before starting his company, Bob spent more than 30 years in the fire service. Now he's bringing leadership lessons he's learned fighting five alarm fires to corporate America. And now our talk with Bob. All right, welcome back to the studio here, Chip. We got a special visitor today. Can yes, we do. Uh, Bob Shannon from Las Vegas is yeah. with us today. So, welcome, Bob. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Bob has a, you know, we've known each other since 2013. I've yep. been a part of the 360 family, and you have a really interesting background, at least to me it is, because as a kid, you know, you're growing up, you, you always have people come to your school and talk about their <laughs> profession, and when you do what I do, you know, my son doesn't want me to go to school and talk to his class because I'll bore him to death. What's but that? You, yeah, exactly. But Bob has a really, really cool background, especially if you're a, a kid and want to have dad come to school and talk. So Bob, why don't you start by telling us your background? What, what have you done most of your career leading up to this? Well, uh, I started out at 18 getting into fire service, and that's what you're, you're talking about. And, and it is a neat job. Yeah. Uh, it's neat to go out and uh, go into a, a scene that's chaotic and bring calmness to it. Hopefully you have a good outcome. The good news is every fire's gone out. They're, they're still not burning anymore. <laughs> but uh, but it, is, it is fun. Uh, I did get conned into a lot of uh, uh, school presentations that I normally wouldn't have done. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, but it is fun. Kids love that stuff. And uh, Got to bring all the gear. You got the big, you know. Yep, big the, tanks. Uh, and, you know, I'm 55 now. And I uh, first met you in 2013 mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I was struggling as a leader. I was good at managing the technical skills of the job. Uh, people would call and ask me all the time. Taught at national conferences about that, those technical skills. But uh, believe me, nobody was picking up the phone to ask Bob about uh, leadership. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's how I, searching, you know, and struggling and searching, that's how I found 360. Yeah, wonderful. Now, you know, when we were talking about today's podcast and things that we talk about, one of the things that you've done over the last handful of years that I thought was really interesting is you helped put together a leadership uh, institute or class, or I I don't know what you called it, but did a lot of leadership with the fired up group and and the leaders that are there. So can you tell us a little bit about what that is or what it looks like? Well, I was really fortunate. Uh, I had a a mentor, still a good friend of mine, uh, that uh, invited me to go to the uh, Leadership Academy and uh, Los Angeles, the LA City Leadership Academy for the Fire Service. And uh, it's the West Point Leadership Curriculum. When I went, I was already in my mind retiring from the fire department. <laughs> I'm going to go do this. But I went because he said it spoke so highly of it. So I went, 
And uh, about the second week, it's one week a month over four months. It's part of a master's program for the uh, colleges in Los Angeles. I liked it, and week two I figured out, you know, I'm just going to have to figure out how am I going to get this implemented in Las Vegas. It's that important. Lo and behold, I had a, a firefighter who worked for me at the time. Uh, he was in the next class, so I conned him into uh, being part of the group that uh, was going to bring this to Las Vegas. Uh, they said yes. I used a lot of what I learned from you and from 360, uh, how to get that implemented. So uh, it's up and running. We ran our first class. Uh, we started, let's see, January of 2016 in planning. We graduated our first class the end of August 2016. Great. Yeah, so a lot of the techniques, and in fact, you helped me tremendously when I pick up the phone and call. I've got, hey, I got X, Y, Z. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you did. You helped us a lot. So that's how it's up and running. I'm ready to retire. And the key is the program is going to continue on. Yeah. That's what we were looking for. So when so, you're doing these programs, what's the one thing you think people are lacking when they come into your leadership program? I, I can't, really can't speak for everyone else, but uh, for myself, it was a lack of a global understanding about leadership. Yeah. I thought, and I had always been told, read this book, read that book, go do this, go do that. There's so much to it. Now, the West Point Leadership Curriculum is 27 different behavioral theories mm. and two transformational and leadership style is at the, at the end of it. You learn all those behavioral theories, and they're really important because that's what's going on anytime two people are working together. So a lot of our material that we have with 360 Solutions does the same thing. And uh, so it's that global understanding of what's really going on. You know, mm -hmm. why are they behaving the way they're behaving? You know, yeah. so how do you change that? So I believe that's a, for, for the fire service is a good step. It's not the end all. Uh, there never is, as you well know. It's, it's a journey. Sure. So, uh, and I'm on that journey as well. But uh, anyway, that's, that's what I, I'm really, really happy that it's up and running. Uh, it's going to continue on. The people really enjoy it. So in, in looking at going through that, where, is there any portion of it that's going on right now will continue to go on that is somewhat of your aha factor? Or you see your students in the class get a big aha factor when you talk about X or Y or Z? Actually, when we come to the leader problem-solving model, we call it the transformation model. Mm -hmm. It's very much the same thing. And the aha comes on when they, they understand what they've learned you know, in the theories, and now they've got a structured plan on how to make those changes. So we call it the transformation model. Mm -hmm. And that's a critical link, as you all know, for any industry, any business that uh, wants to go to the next level or get back to where they used to be. What happened... Uh, what happened in this process that, that I'm missing out on? And so that transformation, that transformational model or the assessment, mm -hmm. the global assessment does that. So that's where it really, they really get the most because they, at first it's like, oh my God, it's overwhelming. This is way too much. Mm -hmm. But now when then they go through a couple problems and they go through it and it's like, oh, well, that's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Break so, it down. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well exactly. now you're... Your son has just joined the fire department, <laughs> yep. and so he's following in dad's footsteps, which is great. With you coaching him 
And I know father-son relationships can be a struggle at times when you're giving them advice. They, Tell me they, about it. They, they, they don't want to hear from dad. But if you were to be able to take some of the knowledge and wisdom you have over the years and impart that and, and, and give it to your son, what do you think some of the most crucial leadership development skills he's going to need to be an effective leader and not just be a, a fireman? Well, one of the things that I learned, and this came from, from you, actually, you have to be aware of when to say and give that advice. Because mm-hmm. I could talk to him until he's purple. If he's not ready to hear it, he's not ready to hear it. Right. So that I learned uh, from you, actually. My advice to him was really simple. Son, there is a God, and two, you're not him. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, but uh, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, uh, it's all about relationships. And this is what I really told him. I said, it's really all about relationships. You know, you can't see yourself, and that's why our... P60 assessment was so critical for me. Take that feedback and listen. If you're hearing it over and over and over again, the chances are you you got to make a change on something. And the other is uh, that you know, don't don't judge people. Mm-hmm. It's really easy in, in our business after a few years, a few short years, because of the call volume, that uh, you start to think a, a certain thing. You know, why can't people do this? Why can't people do that? Well, we don't all have that uh, support system. And uh, so it's, that's really important. So. Mm, absolutely. I think uh, something I learned from you, Chip, that I try to impart to my son is the idea of when you're presented with something, separating yourself before you react and yeah. kind of taking that time, separation, exactly. and kind of examining and making sure you're coming up with the best response. Yeah. Recently, I was asked to do a presentation. We talked about stimulus, meaning something happens. And the gap between stimulus and response is where emotional intelligence really sets in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people that have a stimulus and react on it immediately without any space in between stimulus and response are the ones that have a lower level of <laughs> positive outcomes because our feeling isn't fact. Mm-hmm. Our feeling is just a feeling and right. we have to think through it to see if the feeling equals fact or if the feeling just equals a feeling. Right and slow down the response. That to me is a game changer. If you can really internalize that and really in every situation that comes up that you your first reaction is to get flustered to kind of take a second and go okay I'm thinking like analogies for business and firefighting are, are huge in a situation like that you know you roll up to a fire you have to assess the situation and you can't just you know run in and potentially be in a building that's falling down on you you have to assess and see what's going on and kind of separate yourself from the adrenaline that's got to be pumping through your blood right there well you're absolutely right and you have to and what's really amazing is how fast you can develop those skills when you're training to develop those skills so uh, some folks just roll right up and they run in and they don't do that assessment of what's going on and they do find themselves in trouble like that i've done it Mm -hmm. Uh, we all do it i mean in this industry there's a learning curve so now in our industry we've done a really good job of training people how to do an effective size up how to communicate with the incoming crews, what's going on, what's your plan. Communication. Ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know where I'm going it with that. It all ties together, doesn't it? It, <laughs> it does. But in our industry, and I struggled with this, you know, I, again, back to your point, though, uh, you do have to formulate a plan. You know, you do have to take those, those critical 30 seconds, even if it's just that much. You know, it's value, time, and survival. Now, I can rattle that off. Really, really easy. Mm-hmm. And I can teach people that value, time, and size. But when it comes to working with people in the, within the organization, I got 700 and some people I work with. Mm-hmm. And to throw a little curve into that, I live with them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you went every other day 
and lived with a group of strangers. Well, I've I've done that <laughs> in the military. In I was military, in the military, yeah. but <laughs> outside of those situations, it hasn't come up very much. Yeah, no, it doesn't. So now we're living with people. They're not really our family. We call them our family, mm-hmm. and every family's got some weird uncles. Yeah, oh, yeah. weird aunts in there. You know, they <laughs> hug a little long, maybe kiss you on the lips when you say, "Hey, back up a little bit." But uh, you know, getting that personal space. But we never in our industry. Uh, I've been doing it thirty. Seven years, all, 30, almost 37 years altogether. And I sat down with someone, a leader, and said, and they explained to me how this, all this works. So it's just now finding its way into the fire service, and, mm. and it, it's critical. That same size-up process that we use on the fire scene, back to your point about emotional intelligence. Okay, we're not, we're not uh, building rockets here. Let's just take a minute. You know, we're not curing cancer, unfortunately. But uh, let's take a few minutes and, uh, and evaluate what's going on. Yeah. So. You know, yesterday we were having a discussion last night, and you mentioned that the industry, fire industry, is changing. And, you know, they're looking at all different options to save money and to be more effective and different things. And one of the examples you gave to me I thought was really interesting because someone who's a novice who doesn't think about fire every day because it's, I'm not in that industry is the difference between rolling up to a fire and saying, we will do whatever we have to to save the people mm-hmm. and to put the fire out versus rolling up to a scene and saying, our job is not to save the house that's already on fire. That was a choice that they made. Our job is to save the house on the left and the right from burning down. Right. It's a different shift, a different mindset. Mm-hmm. But it made me think, yeah. oh, that's interesting. I never even thought about saving the house or saving what's around the house because the house is already gone. So is that like an analogy where sometimes you have a toxic employee that's working for you and you tried everything you can to save them, but now they're infecting the workplace environment and you have to think about the collateral damage? It absolutely. And it, as Bob and I talked about yesterday, it's the concept of where do we spend our time? Hmm. And that is, do we spend our time teaching people how to avoid setting a fire? Or do we spend our time putting out fires once they pop up? It's a paradigm shift. Where do we spend our time? And in some organizations, leaders say, I'll just put the fires out when they happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to focus on preventing fires. fires. I'm just going to put them out when they happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to look at it by case by case. I'm going to say, okay, this person continually sets fires. Forget about them. I'm going to save the houses around them because I'm tired of dealing with this. One person who keeps setting their own fires. It's their own fault. Yeah. Versus the philosophy of every fire that pops up, I'm going to run in and and fix it. Exactly. And that's that we call it a risk assessment. And, but the, but the key word there is assessment. What's going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in your other podcast talking about crap magnets, uh, (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot. I think I might be a crap. magnet. (laughs) Well, I can tell you with certainty I I was at one time, Mm -hmm. but, the key about that is, is, is through an assessment, through, and I keep going back to your pro, our product, the P60 assessment, it really opened my eyes as to what I was. I, I, you're going to find it's hard to believe I'm a little bit stubborn. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I read that, the people had told me forever I was stubborn. Well, I am stubborn. And I admit it now. But forever, I would say, no, I'm, I'm just not that stubborn. So now I know that when I'm starting to feel a little bit stubborn, I stop. Mm-hmm. because if I'm starting to feel it myself, 
they're, they went past go, they made it the boardwalk, they're making their way back around again with me being stubborn. So it's, it's really critical that we know ourselves first. And in fact, in the, this month's Harvard Business Review, they talk about assessments and how they work into organizations and you know, five, Fortune 500, 100 companies. And uh, it helps build teams, it helps reduce stress in the workplace. You better understand yourself, you better understand what's going on around you. Just like the assessment rolling up to a house, we've got five different types of building construction that we recognize in America. So if I can remember those five types, I can certainly remember the five types of personalities. Mm-hmm. And I can work on that. So it's the same. But in our industry, in my industry, and in a lot of businesses, they never talk about that. They never do that. And that's the cornerstone. All the literature that, that you've given me and all the feedback I've gotten is you have to know yourself first. You can't leave, lead anyone unless you're leading yourself first. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a turning point for me. And that's why, hey, I'm retiring and this is my, my full-time stuff. It works. You know, I'm not saving lives anymore, but, you know, well, maybe. I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> I, you never know. <laughs> I, I can tell you so. there are a lot of people that struggle daily with why things at work or the people that they're in charge of never seem to produce the results that they want. And it's... It's understanding themselves first, the strengths and weaknesses. We all have blind spots. We all have areas that we need to develop. And and until we take the time to put a mirror up and look at what we're doing personally, and if it's not producing results, figure out why, we can't lead others. Well, in our in our leadership academy from uh, the LAFD, the city of Los Angeles was, by the way, was really awesome. They gave us everything, support, all the material, everything. Here, take it, go do it. We want it to, to move on. But in, in week one, it's about the leader, and it's about yourself. Mm-hmm. In a whole week, it's five full days, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, but realizing the thing you come out of there with is, is you have responsibility in whatever's happening, good or bad. You know, if you're in a leadership role, even, even if you're uh, at home by yourself, you know, there's your day is your day. Yeah, you're in charge. Yeah, you're in charge. You're it. So uh, <laughs> if nothing gets done around the house and three days from now and it looks like a tornado went through there, well, it's you did it. Yep. Same principles apply. So honestly, that aha moment uh, is usually in week one when they start to realize, yeah, I'm part of this. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I am the reason. And if I'm going to be an agent for change, then I need to do these certain things. So, But it does work, and uh, we... We really enjoy that. So, Yeah. Moving out of the fire industry and moving into doing your own leadership development, consulting work with small to medium-sized businesses, what are some of the things that you hope to help or to work with with these businesses? What What are some of the starting points of things that you want to be able to offer? Well, first off, uh, you know, a challenge for me because of my background is to get, get them to see me as something other than a fire captain because mm-hmm. they, they think exactly what kids are taught in school all we do is ride around all day in a fire engine (laughs) the vast majority of my time is building relationships you know i've got you know again 700 some people i work with uh 21 different work locations that i could be in and out of you know within the fire department so i had to practice those things and over the last five years uh, i've really worked on that Mm -hmm. the last four with 360 so the first thing i have to do to help them is for them to understand i'm much more than the guy walking around with the you know, the ax in my hand, that's not what I do. I'm not going to come in and wreak havoc in your, in your facility. So that's the first thing I have to do. But then uh, my goal is, is to, to go through that process that I went through. It's really simplistic. 
you know, when you sit back and look at it, really simplistic. It's eye-opening, and it's the cornerstone for every organization. You have to start with your people. Your most valuable asset is your human resource. Mm-hmm. And yet we spend a fraction of our time or money in developing them so they can reach that you know, work-inspired mm-hmm. and reach their, their fulfillment in life while they're working for you. You know, and that's that's a key. That's what that's what I bring to organizations, and and that that uh, organizational assessment, the transformation model, mm-hmm. is, is huge. Yeah. So. You know, you always hear like these uh, leadership books being written by like military experts and stuff. I can't think why someone in the fire service wouldn't do the same kind of thing because I see a lot of correlation between a great military leader and a great fire leader because it's you're going into battle. You're managing people, and that's all kind of related somehow, right? Well, it is, and we have. We've had a lot of a lot of people write a lot of books from, and I've read a lot of books. But that environment you described is such a small part of what we do. Yeah, and it's very autocratic. It's one way. Hmm. You don't. You don't. In fact, I've done it. You want to what we call freelance and go do your own thing. I will release you from the scene, hmm. even though it might be escalating. I can't risk someone else's life because you want to go do your own thing. Because we're going to come get you. Right. So now <laughs> I'm going to risk people who are you know, doing things the right way to right. come well, we go find the, uh, the freelancer and save them. So I will and have released them from scenes and, uh, so, because you can't have that. Now it's very autocratic. Mm-hmm. So, but in the firehouse and the rest of the organization, working with you know, globally within the community, you know, with the, the city manager, community partners, stakeholders, all those things, you, it's not autocrat, uh, very autocratic. It's, mm-hmm. all, uh, it's all those different types of leaderships that we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, visionary leadership. The visionary leadership was, I used that to get that uh, academy across the finish line. I sold a vision to people to come teach for us for free and I touched something that they wanted to do because they believed in it. They had the knowledge, skills, and abilities to do it. And uh, I was just able to sell that vision because they saw the need. They wanted to be part of it. Uh, the reward was there for them. So that visionary leadership. That's sure. So I used that, and I got that from Chip. Not, I, didn't get that from, I didn't get that from a fire service book. That came from him. So. Well, you know, for the novice, which I am, when you pull up to a scene and you assess, okay, you mentioned just a second ago that you release them from the scene. So there's obviously a process when you pull up and you assess what's going on. There's steps that you go through to assess what's going on and what plan of action to do and how to attack it. So for me, how, how does that work when, when you pull up and you assess what are the yeah. steps? Just like in leadership, there's a stepped process, right, to learning mm-hmm. the skills of leadership. We didn't do that for a long time. And we had a lot of freelancers. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people that would firmly place themselves in a position where they were recognized by the units coming in that they, that's the commander, that's the person in charge. You could tell by the way they talk. You can tell by where they're located. You can tell by their actions. How did we do that? We got a curriculum out of Phoenix, and uh, one of the neighboring departments took it, and they massaged it a little bit. We took it, and that becomes our strategies and tactics manual for operating it. Single-family residential fires, apartment buildings, commercial buildings, high-rise buildings, just like you have right here in Waco, mm-hmm. technical rescue incidents. So we broke them down into six different types, and now we've unfortunately had to include the mass shooting incident. Mm-hmm. So ahead of time, 
we talk about those things. We have training and development. Yeah. <laughs> you prepare. You actually go into a room very similar to this. There's a, a projection on the wall that's showing a building or whatever the incident is, and you hit your benchmarks that mm -hmm. we use. What, what is there to save? Are there lives in peril? We usually bring the life incident or the life safety problem is us once we get there and get started. So most of the time people find their way out. But uh, you, know, you go through these benchmarks and there's eight of them and you hit those benchmarks and it's amazing. You can do it like that yep. because mm. you've been trained to do that. Now, again, it's autocratic, but if I show up and you're in command and, and uh, you send me in and I, something's about to fall on my head, like you mentioned, the mm -hmm. house, <laughs> And I've done this. Hey, we're backing out. The building's unsafe, and the commander will listen. So he knows that I'm giving him good feedback. So it's leadership. It's autocratic leadership at the next level. Getting the feedback, uh, assessing what's going on, taking that feedback, understanding who it's coming from, and acting on it. Hmm. So the principles are the same. We got there by having a, a development program. We don't have one for developing our leaders. Yeah, read this book. Right. In fact, if you want to be a captain, uh, here's a whole stack of books. There's like eight of them now. Uh, I think it's like 2,500 pages of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give you a 100-question test on it. Check the box. <laughs> now you're a leader. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You are one. But, uh, but where I struggled, I was very, I could do all that. I love that stuff. But I struggled because I didn't know myself. I didn't know how stubborn I was. I didn't know how I and how I acted in that critical role that's not autocratic leadership. Yeah. So, and, and while we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking to myself, at the foundation of everything, and we talk about this all the time on our podcast, that leadership is about a relationship, but a relationship starts with trust. And that if you don't have trust, then communication breaks down, teamwork breaks down, your ability to assess and give feedback breaks down. Pretty much everything breaks down if you don't trust the people you're with. And I can't imagine the level of trust you have to have with your fellow firefighters going into a building or mm -hmm. whatever with fire and, and people's lives at stake and different things. I, I would imagine that trust has got to be critical to be an effective leader. It is. And you know what's interesting is is since I started working with 360, six, eight months after I really started implementing the things that I was learning, I had people come to me and ask, where's old Bob? Where's Roberto? <laughs> I, my, my retirement flyer's hanging up, and it says Bob, Roberto, Shannon on it. Now, the inside joke is, apparently, I have a bit of a temper. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Irish. But, uh, but, but apparently, I have a little bit of a temper. What I did when I got into that trust factor and those three components of trust, mm -hmm. compassion, uh, integrity, and competency. Um, competency, those go with, it doesn't matter if it's on the fire ground or if it's happening inside the a work environment. You have to have those three things. And I have that vision right in my, my mind when I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. Am I acting with integrity, compassion, and competency? And the other one is our emotional intelligence model the key moment, mm -hmm. pathway of success or the pathway of fear. Yep. And I share that when, when I first started doing it and people started seeing a difference, that's the first thing I share with them. I mm -hmm. said, now you can go in a, a hundred different directions from here and it's all important, but that's what people see. Can they trust you? 
and how do you react under under pressure? It's yeah. kind of I don't I only know what I see from the movies and stuff, but you see like you know the fire captain come up with a plan and send people in, and he is on the edge of his seat, and they're on the edge of their seat because they have to trust the fire captain. He has the competency to tell them where to go. They're putting their life on the line, and they have to trust him that he knows what he's doing. And you can see that in their faces. They feel this life or death situation where they have to trust each other. And that seems pretty, I mean, I know it's movies, maybe a little <laughs> overdramatic, but it seems well, like a, a very real situation to me. Well, well, it is. Uh, but that trust happens in the fire station, honestly, around the kitchen table. Yeah. Developing a plan, talking about what's going on, and them uh, understanding you actually know what you're talking about. Uh, those five different types of buildings, do you mm -hmm. really know what that means? And I take it one step further, you know, uh, they work for us. I'm not going to risk their lives uh, haphazardly. And when I meet with their families, I tell them that. Mm -hmm. But there's a time and a place when we will have to risk our lives to save someone else. And we do. But there's a plan. It's not just willy-nilly. So they know the plan ahead of time. And that's just all part of leadership. What usually happens when we're very blessed, we've got four people on an engine and four people on a ladder truck and and I've been on an engine most of my career, they know ahead of time what they're going to do because we've done it so many times in training and, and as the real deal. But uh, they also know what the non-negotiables are. You don't break the threshold of that house or building until I'm with you. Mm -hmm. you don't, you've got these certain things to do while I'm doing my thing, which is doing, going completely <laughs> a 360 size up. <laughs> you go around back, see what's going on. There just might be a propane truck back there burning. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm -hmm. or, you know, all types of other hazards. And, uh, you know, the plan is, you know, ABC, and we have normal method of operation. But if I see something, I have to change it, they're going to follow me, and they, and they do. And I, I've been very blessed with the people I've had to work with me, and I've worked for. I actually work for them. They mm -hmm. don't work for me. Yeah. And uh, so I've been very, very blessed. I worked with, uh, let's see, two of their dads. Uh, one guy on my engine, I've known him since he was in the eighth grade. Wow. And the other guy, I trained him as my, he's my engineer, the guy that drives. I trained him when he was 20 in the fire academy. So, And now your son coming through, so I'm yeah. in. I told well, the city they got a hiring problem. You hired me twice, and you, now you're hiring my kids. I think you'd figure this out. I can help you with that now. <laughs> so, but, uh, well, your son, I mean, that's interesting that you know what you just mentioned is that going into this, you may have to risk your own life to save someone else's. So how does it make you feel as a father, knowing that your son now <laughs> is joined and, and that's a possibility? Well, it's, it is, it's going to happen and it does happen. You know, it's, uh, I tried to push him in a lot of different directions. I really hit, I really did. You want your kids to do better than, than you do. Uh, <laughs> but for some reason he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to follow in my footsteps and I, and I really am honored that he did that. But it's all about him. He, he has that within him. That's what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a little nervous at times. Because, <laughs> you know, what, what really makes me the most nervous is not the fires. It's uh, working on the freeway in an auto accident. Mm -hmm. we, we lose a lot of people nationally, uh, even tow truck drivers, because people are not paying attention. Oh. And they come by and they just that. clip them. So a lot of times they don't even know they hit them and they just keep going. And uh, we've had that happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I worry about them. But yeah. he's, he's his own man. Um, he'll learn just like everyone else has. He's, he's surrounded himself with some good people, and we got a lot of good people working there. So uh, I think he'll be okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I what's, believe that anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you have to. You have to. You know, he's a grown man now, and he's going to do his thing, yeah. and hopefully, you know, he's smart like his dad and well, keeps himself out of trouble and keeps moving <laughs> forward. But yeah. well, with that, so what is the next chapter for you? Well, the, the next chapter for me is I'm so excited about doing this full time. I've seen the power of it. I know that it can transform lives. I know it can transform the workplace. It's not hocus pocus. It's focus, mm-hmm. as you, you've said. And yeah. I, I steal this all from, from you guys. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it's true. It really is true. And when people that have known me over the years and, and they see the difference, and I mean, there's no better advertisement than that. And uh, when I sit down, I actually have some coaching clients. I sit down and I talk with them. You know, uh, you know they brought, they're brought into a situation to try to change things. How do they do that? You know, what are their blind spots? The Joe Harry window is awesome. Uh, the emotional intelligence is huge. Uh, the trust factor. And just those three components, uh, you can get a lot of change in an individual. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm not telling you th- what you don't know. It's but... Uh, you know, that's, that's my goal. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're doing. We have Lunch and Learns. They're uh, one week a month. Uh, so they're two days on the third Wednesday and Thursday of every month at two different locations in Las Vegas. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we have a Las Vegas Leadership Skills Institute that we're developing right now. And we hope to have our first class up and running uh, in uh, August, I believe, is our target date. So we've got a task force flyer that we're sending out to get... Uh, to get business and industry to give us their feedback. We don't want it to be the world according to, to Bob, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we want their feedback. What are they seeing? What are they missing? The uh, workforce in Las Vegas is uh, awesome, but uh, we're missing something that businesses, uh, large corporations are standoffish, if you will, to bring their companies into Nevada, even though it's a great tax structure. So we're helping, hoping to hit some of those things head on. Uh, it'll be great for the community. It's all about the environment. It's all about, you know, making, uh, honestly, making a difference. Hopefully over my career, I've made a difference in some people's lives. I've delivered a few babies and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, those fun things that we get to do. You know, this is really fun stuff. It, yeah. it is. When you demystify leadership and you realize it's, oh, it's, you don't have to be the guy traveling the globe, you know, wrote a book and now I'm going to come tell you about it. It's actually daily interaction within an office or within a community and how it all ties together. So I'm really excited about that. Well, Bob, I can tell you, I've had, as you know, I've coached north of a thousand people that have, you know, retired, quit, moved on to the next chapter, and they start, built, and run their own consulting, training, Mm -hmm. leadership development business. And the constant search for knowledge that you have and the humbleness, I guess, in a sense, that you use in the approach of saying, okay, I... Like you, the advice you gave to your son, you know, same applies, <laughs> yeah. knowing that yeah. there's an endless amount of work and uh, stuff we don't know, that constant thriving for how do I get better? How do I continually improve and help others improve is what will make you successful and has already made you successful, but it, it, but take you even to another level in terms of success around this. So I'm excited for you. I know we're going to partner together. We have been partnering together. We're going to continue to. And so I'm really excited about that. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. This has been great. And and, uh, I'm sure I'll find a reason to be in Vegas here sometime very soon. I keep inviting you guys up there. You have another. Oh, uh, I want to come. uh, come, Let's do it. Have a convention in Las Vegas. We're known for that. All right. If people are looking for you online, how can they find you? I am uh, assuredperformance360.com. My email is bob at assuredperformance360.com. My phone number is on the uh, 
on the website. Take the free P60 assessment. It's eye-opening. I tr- trust me, it's eye-opening. Okay. And uh, so thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate yeah. really appreciate you having me on here, and I appreciate you, uh, everything you've done for me to this point. I, Chip, you, you, uh, you and the 360 staff have done a lot for me, and I appreciate that. And that partnership is going to start going both ways here pretty soon. I've just been taken. So (laughs) thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.